0: Love Talk Radio
1: Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. So, as you know, if you if you follow Elder Talk Radio each month, Corellian First Priestess Lady Stephanie Neal, uh Corellian First Elder, Lady Alyssa Maxon kemp and Corellian Paladin General, Sir Ed Hubbard, and I each speak to the same subject from a different point of view. And the purpose of this is to show how you can approach the same subject from different angles, come away with different aspects of it, and yet still be all correct from those different vantage points, uh, that things are not as simple as uh, one vantage point suits all that you can uh, that you can learn much more about a thing by looking at it from differing angles, different people's points of view, and that these, even when they're different, are not necessarily in conflict but rather are an expansion of understanding too often uh, people tend to think that a new idea of necessity negates the old idea, but in fact it can often simply expand what you understand about that old idea, which is one of the reasons we need to stay open to new points of view. And so uh this is part of the reason that we do Elder Talk Radio. And um this month we're talking about the subject of spells. And um In considering how to approach the subject, my first thought was, well, how are we going to define the term spell? Now, I've heard a lot of people put forward differing definitions, certainly historically, um, there's been more than one. But a common one that you'll hear is prayer with props, which um, certainly speaks to one aspect of spell work. But I think that uh, from my point of view, I would say that what we mean by spell work is a specific work of magic um, to bring about a specific outcome um, either independently or as part of a larger working, such as a ritual. And um, so that is the point of view that I'm going to speak to it from. And I'm going to speak to what I consider uh, the most important aspects of spell work. And, you know, when I, when I, Uh, wrote the um, Corellian Standard uh, First-Degree Materials. One of the things I wrote a lot about was spell work, and also through second and third degree. And I had to decide how I was going to approach this. And the way that I approached it is in keeping with the definition that I just gave. It's a very broad definition, if you think about it. But the reality is that Spell work can be so many different things. And so I did not do what some people might have done and provided specific spell recipes, which I think is um, what would have been a disservice in this circumstance. Uh, although the different sections did include recipes, but they were not the section. Rather, we talked about how you do these things as a group and why. So, for example, we had in one of the chapters making a spell bottle or a a witch's bottle. And we included instructions for how to make a particular kind, but we also talked about the whole class of making spells with bottles and how it could be used in many different ways. And I think that it's very important when approaching uh, the concept of spell work to do so with a very broad mind uh, if you really want to master the art. And again, to me, spell work is a specific work of magic. It may or may not include external prompts. Um, In my mind, spell work can be done entirely in your head and it's still spell work because it's still intended to bring about a specific outcome, it's still a specific act. Um, Now, classic spell work that people will think about does include external things. And certainly in many cases, that that will be helpful. But why is it helpful? Is it that the external things do the work for you? Well, they really don't. Although they can bring their own influences to it. But you still have to raise and direct the energy or it's not going to do any good for you. uh, For the most part. Um, I suppose there are certain things such as stones that have their own native energy. And if you, if you carry them, they will tend to bring that energy around you, uh, even without your focusing on them. But I don't know that I'd call that spell work, because it's not a specific act you have done. It is the nature of the stone. But if you take that stone and you make an amulet from it, and you charge it to a particular thing, then it has become a spell. And again, you have raised and focused the energy, even though the the stone has its own native energy, but you have directed it, you have further empowered it. Uh, Anything where you're bringing together these different external pieces, it's going to be important for you to remember that you still empower it. And uh, that your energy is important. And... Yes, using different stones, different colors, different vibrations, and um, all these different aspects can be helpful. They are keys that help you to focus your energy and direct the energy of the magic that you are doing. But external things are never necessary. And therefore, uh, I mentioned the, the often heard definition that spells our prayers with prompts. And although that can often be true. It is not necessary for there to be props. It is necessary for there to be a specific act with a specific desired outcome. And that is what makes it a spell. And uh, if you read our degree materials, you'll see that we approach it very much in that way. There are many places where we are talking about physical objects and uh, physical items being employed toward Uh, attuning that energy and making it stronger or better directed. Uh, But there are also many places where we talk about things that are are not involving external items. And these are all spell work. Uh, I'm a great believer in the idea that you must never be dependent upon external items, but they can help you. But you must not be dependent on them. And um, the energy of a stone or an herb or a color Uh, or what have you, can be very helpful in focusing your energy. But you can also focus it yourself. And um, you can do that in many ways. Um, And you can use those external keys. You can use those external helpers to focus your energy. Because, for example, if you're using a particular stone, it's more than just a key because it does bring its own energy into the equation. Um, but I think you would make a terrible mistake to think it won't work without the particular stone. You just have to, to raise and direct the energy properly, uh, to duplicate the effect the stone would have and to enhance it. Uh, let's face it. If we needed things to do magic, um, Magic wouldn't be all that helpful to us in, in moments of emergency. I mean, my favorite example is that when your car is getting off the road, you need to be able to use your magic right then. Uh, and uh, it may not be the right phase of the moon. It may not be the right astrological alignment. Uh, you don't have time to light a candle or, or put a rock in a bag or any of these other things. You have to be able to draw upon the energy right in that moment if you're in a moment where magic is an emergency. And I have been in that moment, and if you've been working magic for any length of time, you surely have uh, had a similar moment at some point where it had to be done now. And so when studying magic and things like spell work, it's very important to remember that you must always be able to use it when you need it. And that is why you must not be reliant on external things. They can be helpful, they can be good. And we talk about all kinds of things you can use in spell book throughout our degree mater- or in spell work, our degree materials, particularly stones, colors, incenses, um, herbs, techniques like image magic, bottle magic, um, and et, et But in the end, you have to be able to do it whether you've got the externals or not. And anything that you need to do you can do if you've developed your own energy one of the things that I've heard for years is people complaining that that there is no that it can be very difficult to get advanced material regarding magic I wondered why well partly why people felt that way because I, I see plenty of advanced material um, and also why there wasn't more that was focused on these particular people and then I realized in a lot of cases they didn't understand what advanced material meant. And I came to realize this because I heard them complaining uh, about people who were say, saying that um, you, you need to be able to use what is at hand. You need to be able to do things uh, that are not reliant on externals, et cetera. And I realized that what they meant by advanced material was just a bigger spell book. Someone else's recipes, directions to do whatever, as opposed to understanding how to do it for yourself. And the truth is, there's plenty of advanced material if you're willing to do it for yourself. But if you're, if you're just looking to have, have another cookbook, um, there's nothing advanced about that, no matter how thick the cookbook is. And you know I would compare I would compare spell work directly to cooking, and you know when I cook, which isn't all that often anymore, but if I do, um, very often I just use whatever whatever is there and create the dish based on my knowledge of what the flavors are of the ingredients that are available, the uh, the um, seasonings that are available, etc, and put them together in a way I know will be pleasing. Um, I can also use a recipe if I choose, but the chances that I'm going to follow a recipe exactly are very low because I'm going to have to play with it. That's that's just how I do. And, you know, spells are the same way. You don't need a recipe. You need to understand what the different energies are, including your own, how to put them together, how to direct them. And all the spell book recipes in the world mean nothing. In the end, if you don't understand that, because there'll be a time you need something that's not in that book and you won't know how to make it if you haven't learned the properties of your own energy and the energies of things that you might use. And that is what advanced material is about. Um, it's not one more recipe because you should be able to put your spell together, whether it has external agents or not. Uh, based on your knowledge of what those agents are, not on what somebody else did sometime. And if you are using someone else's spell recipe, um, you should also be able to alter it as you need to based on your knowledge of what these things are. A lot of people don't seem to like that idea. They seem to want everything spelled out for them by someone else as if this were handed down from on high, and you know it's not. Because the people who made those spells did exactly what I'm describing now. They knew the properties of uh, the various things they were using, uh, and they knew how to use them. And so they put them together as they needed them. And eventually they found their way into a book. It was never meant to be hard and fast. It was always a skill that you use as you need it. Um, now, I would say that, that our Karelian people probably are not—they're um, not the people I'm talking about. When I'm talking about people who um, are looking for recipe books, because of course they've learned from our materials. So, if you're Karelian, you may not may not even understand the controversy I'm referring to, because it's not the way that you have come into things. You have come into things learning that magic is an, is an art. Uh, that you must be able to control in the moment, that you must be able to build in the moment, not just get out of somebody else's book. And um, I think that's the most important thing I would say about either spell work as such or magic as a whole. Um, It's not color by numbers. Now, when you're learning, of course, it can be. I'm certainly not suggesting that if, if you have never done a spell that you should not um, look for one that, that, that uh, has step-by-step instructions but i am saying that as you go forward you should start learning how and why those instructions are there what these different things do and why you would select them i've run into people who are totally flummoxed because they could not find a particular ingredient that some spell recipe called for which means they don't actually know what they're doing because if you do you will you will know the properties um of the ingredient that is missing and be able to choose something else which has similar properties it's far more important um to learn the why of it to learn the how of it rather than just look at somebody's recipes so yes it's nice to have a spell book that um that someone has put out and it may give you some very good ideas i'm not saying it's not good to to have such things but you need to know how to make it for yourself. And that must be your ultimate goal in working with any kind of magic. Uh, I can think of some excellent spell books. Uh, Judica Isles has wonderful um, spell books. Um, the Century of Spells by Draya Makarovich. It's a very good spell recipe book, very traditional. And you can get them away with, a, with very good ideas but if you really want to do this kind of thing, you don't. You want to learn from other people's ideas, not be eternally repeating them. You want to learn instead, why did they choose that ingredient? What does it do? What do you expect from it? If you can't get it, what else can you use? Uh, if you're not in a position to use any external ingredients, how do you direct the energy? These are the things that are important. This is what advanced material really is, and this is what you will find in our degree materials, because it was written for the purpose of teaching you how to and why to, not just, oh, here's a spell to go copy. Um, and again, there are spell recipes in it, but they're always with the point of view that this is an example and not this is the, the only way to do this. And uh, where we've included such things, we also generally include discussion of how else it can be done what what variations there may be etc uh, those are the things I would say about spell work I hope you find them helpful and um, until next time may your blessed be Blessed be the
0: horned god King of the wild hunt Blessed be the horned god Around the belt Blessed be the horned God, King of the wild hunts. Blessed be the horned God, around the Beltane Fire. Round and round the Maypole, weaving white and red we go. To celebrate the season and the Lord and His. Guarantees strength and vitality And sacred marriage to his queen The horned god gives his blessing Blessed be the horned god King of the wild hunt Blessed be the horned god Around the Beltane Fire Blessed be the horned god Blessed be the horned god around the Beltane fire. The Beltane fire burning bright will blaze far into the night in sacred grove. God His blessing. Blessed be the horned God, King of the Wild Hunt. Blessed be the horned God around the Beltane Fire. Blessed be the horned God, King of the Wild Hunt. Blessed be the horned God around the Beltane Fire. Of dawn he bids farewell to his queen. Lord and his lady will meet again all Hallow's Eve. Blessed be the horned god, king of the wild hunt. Blessed be the horned god around the Beltane fire. Blessed be the horned god wild hunt. Blessed be the horn god around the Beltane fire. Blessed be the horn god king of the wild hunt. Blessed be the horn god around the Beltane fire.